on this episode of Why Watch That. Now in Canada, he wants to live that straight life, not the street life, okay? So remember that. I play the street life. No, not for him. Mm -hmm. It is not the only life he knows. Not the only one. Not for a nickel or a dime. (laughs) (laughs) Most of the acting was fine. Most of it. And then there's two chains. Who's in this? (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Okay. He he gets his own category. Um, Is that really enough? You know, I don't know. The general manager of the of the chicken no. shop. No, he wasn't. <laughs> I'm telling you now. He was not like old boy and don't tell Bob the babysitter's dead with the really fun squeegee. No, he was Sue Ellen. I was mm-hmm. like, oh wow, they're still playing possibly, but now I see it was actually coming back. <laughs> you sound like an old person that's still playing quantumly. <laughs> I know that's what I say. Let me get this on my tape. Like, okay. what am I talking about? You would be a hit at the nursing homes. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Keegan Michael Key's character, he's a Yale-trained actor, okay? He's very serious. He wants everything to be grounded, including in the sitcom. So he's been trying to sell, you know, that kind of acting, but are they buying like, it's difficult sometimes to write just procedural lines. Mm-hmm. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Who speaks next? Who, you know, talks on top of it? Like, who comes in? Like, that can be difficult. Welcome to Why Watch That, your guide to the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. We're on a quest to go from channel to channel, platform to platform, and festival to festival to help you figure out what you want to watch. We do all the work so you don't have to. So get ready for some unexpectedly candid and entertaining reviews that will help you answer the ultimate question, why watch that? Hey, 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 we're back with another episode of Why Watch That. I am Brandy, the producer, joined by... Chauncey, the critic. Are you sure? Or are you Fat Albert? (laughs) (laughs) Is it like an anniversary of Fat Albert or something? Um, Maybe that's what I'm channeling. I don't know. I'm just guessing. So um, if you (laughs) are listening to Why Watch That and you want to see instead of hear us your wishes have been granted. We are actually now available on video, meaning that if you go to whywatchthat.com or YouTube and search Why Watch That, you will be able to see not only here, the critic and the referee. So Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, I guess we should jump into this episode. <laughs> yes, before everybody jumps away. <laughs> some water before I started so I'm charged I got oh, my hydration oh. going yeah okay so uh movie sneak peeks as we go into our neck our first segment of the show and we're going to be talking about bandit um bandit is going to be in theaters Friday September the 23rd so critic what's bandit who's in it who should be watching my goodness um so well It's directed by Alan Ungar, 
written by Craig Wenman, and it's based on Robert Knuckles, I guess it is like a biography or something. Okay, so there we go. So, and the name of that biography is The Flying Bandit, which I'll come back to in a moment. It stars Josh Duhamel, Mel Gibson, Alicia Cuthbert, Nestor Carbonell, and Keith Arthur Bolden and others are in this movie. So again, if I'm saying like a biography or something, this is based on a true story, right? Okay. So we have Josh. He's playing someone. What's his name is the question? Gilbert or is it Robert? You'll figure out why I'm saying that. And at the very beginning of the movie, we see him pull off a bank heist. He's a very polite kind of dude when he walks in, you know, and he might be in disguise. Who knows? He comes out and he has to get away. He buys a car right off the street, drives away. There's someone after him, played by Nestor, a detective. He's just gotten away. Now, Gilbert Robert is telling us his story. So he takes us back in time. We go back to where it all began, you know, his tough upbringing and so on. And we find him in a courtroom where he's sentenced to go to jail. Okay. Now he says no one's born bad. Like anything, it takes practice. So keep this in mind. Okay. Now the thing is, he's not going to stay in this jail. He escapes to Canada. Okay. He says when things go south, sometimes you got to go north. That's the kind of movie we're watching here. All right. Now, in Canada, he wants to live that straight life, not the street life, okay? So remember that. I play the street life. Oh, yeah. No, not for him. Mm-hmm. It is not the only life he knows. Not the only one. Not for a nickel or a dime. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So while he's in Canada, he has to find gainful employment. He needs an identity. That's where the Robert comes in. Robert Whiteman. Who is the real Robert Whiteman? You'll find out. And he gets a job, you know, like hawking some, I don't know, frozen treats on the street. Now he's fine with this. And he, you know, he stays at like a boarding house place. And at this place, the night attendant is a social worker. And that's Alicia's character. And he takes a liking to her. What does she think about him? You know, he always shows up late. At 11 p.m., that's it. The doors close. He gets there at 11.01. At midnight, he charms his way in. Now, this turns into a relationship between the two of them, but how? (laughs) Now, eventually something happens, and he's got to go back to that street life. Yes, he does. And eventually he becomes the flying bandit because he flies around and robs banks. That's what he does. Mm -hmm. He's very, very good at it. He does the planning. He's very clear on where he's going to rob the bank. Now, things come to a head and he needs to expand. Mm -hmm. In order to do that, he needs to reach out to a mobster, essentially, played by Mel Gibson. So the question is, where is that going to lead him? How do you just walk up to this kind of criminal guy and say, hey, I need some money and this is what I plan to do? How do you prove yourself? How do you stay safe? And what about the toughs surrounding this man? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Operates out of a bar. I mean, it's kind of hilarious. Now, the thing is, they have this running joke because this is the 80s, by the way. 
And, you know, he can't stand, and that's Mel Gibson's character, can't stand, uh, you know, like Karma Chameleon and stuff like that. <laughs> okay. George, you know, he's like, where's the Frank Sinatra and all that stuff. It was, this was a running joke that never quite landed. I was like, okay, can we not do this one? Like, this one we don't need. Uh, but, you know, so he, he's like a counterfeiter and all of this other stuff. And uh, one of the guys who's one of his toughs is suspicious of Robert. And the other is not quite present mentally. <laughs> he's on another planet. <laughs> And you'll see why this matters. What's going to happen with the suspicious one and the one who's not quite all the way there. Now, of course, you know that they agree to some sort of deal and it keeps going. But he's going to be found out. We know that from the beginning, the detective is after him. How did this happen? And what about this social worker? How is she going to play a role? Is she going to stay with him or not? Is she going to find out or not? And how does all of this come crashing down? Because if they're telling this story and it's a true story, then he was caught eventually. In the end, though, they do tell us how successful he was. Very interesting. So, okay. With that said, here's the thing. From the beginning, I thought, okay, you know, this is stylish enough. The opening was stylish. You know, they give you the text on the screen as he's telling the story, kind of like the big short, that kind of thing. I think it was at its best when it showed his process. Mm. It, it had it had just a spirit to it, a, a movement, a momentum, an energy. That was fine. Almost reminiscent of something like Catch Me If You Can. Or, That's what I was uh, thinking. Exactly. Or like Guy Ritchie's work, if you could understand what everybody was saying. Uh, or even the bank job. Like it echoed those things. Is it as good as those? No. But it was good enough. I think that uh, Josh was a great fit for the role. Made perfect sense. Mel Gibson and everybody else is just fine. No problem. Uh, but again, when they get away from all the robbing and the scheming, it's closer to run-of-the-mill television. Uh, like a regular old TV drama. Especially this, the beginning of the development of the relationship between him and Alicia's character. I just thought, my goodness. <laughs> like we don't need all of, I don't care like okay it's clear that they like each other let's just move on <laughs> <laughs> like it was like two hours we don't need two hours of this story we easily could have cut this down but it's not bad it, it's like this it's the kind of movie that you happen upon on TV you start watching it you kind of finish it and go oh that wasn't bad mm. so if you're the move for that that's how I would do it when I see this in the theater not based on that recommendation <laughs> I would wait <laughs> to just happen upon it, you know, mm. like the producer would be doing laundry and would mm. say, oh, OK, you know what? <laughs> Why not? Yeah. So, you know, this is better than I expected it to be. It's fine, which I think is an accomplishment for them. OK. On to The Enforcer, um, which is also in theaters Friday, <clears throat> September 23rd. I'm um, starring Antonio Fernandez. <laughs> Yeah, Banderas. Banderas. You know, they yeah. come after you. <laughs> Listen, I can't keep all these people's names in my head. <laughs> okay, right. mm -hmm. Sure. Now, this will also be on demand, unlike uh, Bandit. So keep that in mind. Mm, okay. Uh, all right. Who's in it? So, who, yes. Who's right. Directed by. My gosh! 
You are feisty today. <laughs> no, what we watch it. <laughs> well, it's directed by Richard Hughes. It is written by W. Peter Illith. And it stars Antonio Banderas. Yes, Kate Bosworth is in it uh, and others. So at the opening of this movie producer, we see, we see Antonio walking on the beach, bloodied, stumbling. Looks like it's about to be the end. Mm-hmm. Well, then they have to take us back. Like, this is so common now in movies and TV shows. I just talked about it in Bandit. Now in this, we always have to start forward and go back. Like, this is some thrilling thing. All right. Now, we come to find out that he was an enforcer. Here we go. Who was locked up in prison. He's just gotten out. And he meets two people along the way now that he's out of prison. One is a 15-year-old girl named Billy, and it's played by Zoli Griggs, who is in the Wu-Tang show. Mm -hmm. The sister. Mm -hmm. Yeah, who's with, you know, Ghostface. Mm -hmm. So her. He meets her. She's seemingly run away from home. They're in Miami. She says she's come from, like, Atlanta or something. What's she doing all alone? And you'll see how they first meet. She ain't doing well on these streets. Another street life, I'm telling you that. My goodness. <laughs> there are a thousand parts to play. I'll tell you that. <laughs> okay. Now, he also meets a street fighter or yard fighter, as they call it, named Stray. That was Stray's real name. And uh, Stray is played by Mojean Aria. He needs a job and wants to work with Kuda. That's Antonio's character's name. Does Kuda want that in return? Now, the thing about Billy is Kuda has a daughter of the same age. What's their relationship like? Remember, he's been in prison, so you can imagine. So it's kind of like he sees his daughter in Billy. Mm -hmm. So he does take an interest because of that, definitely. Maybe he can make up for the mistakes he made in the past via Billy. Is that possible? And eventually, of course, he takes a grudging interest in Stray. Stray takes a grudging interest or not grudging. And a woman named Lexis, played by Alexis Wren, uh, he meets this Lexis person in a club run by a crime boss named Estelle, played by Kate. Now, when he first meets Lexis, he's not quite clear on who he's meeting. He doesn't know who she is or what she does Mm -hmm. at this club. He just walks right on past that. (laughs) Okay, I'll tell you that. (laughs) Now, in the end, all of these characters are almost swallowed whole by the worst of the criminal underworld, of course. And in the midst of all that, Stray has a choice to make because Kuda decides to exact revenge after something happens to Billy. Now, will Stray fight alongside Kuda, or will Stray align his fortunes with Estelle? That's a question for him, because Mm -hmm. Estelle is the employer. Mm -hmm. So maybe you just bypass Kuda and just get the pot for yourself. Now, this is a crime drama that could have been inspired by something from Tony Scott, but without Tony's budget. Mm -hmm. That's what I would say. Like, I kept thinking of Creasy, Creasy. For some reason, I don't know why I kept thinking about it. The writing and the transitions here can be quite clunky. Um, And that's a problem when it comes to this kind of story. I mean, 
if we're going to descend into Miami's criminal underbelly where teenage girls are exploited, I didn't get in all of that. They don't show it, but like it's got to be worth it. Otherwise, it's a bit cheap and unnecessary. Um, most of the acting was fine. Most of it. And then there's two chains who's in this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, okay. He go, he gets his own category. Um, is that really enough? Uh, you know, I don't know why watch this. Well, if you're in the mood, uh, for an indie crime revenge movie, let's call it that. And you don't mind that it doesn't have Liam Neeson in it. Like, this is what you're expecting. You're expecting, like, somebody to save it. Somebody to come in and say, I'm in a different movie that you can watch. Who cares what's going on around me? A Liam Neeson is late work. Uh, what Nicolas Cage just did in Pig, where they have a singular focus, and that's worth the price of admission. Or even um, what Joaquin Phoenix did in You Were Never Really Here. Like, that's a closer analog, because that movie is sickening. Joaquin is has such a presence that it makes the movie worth it. Mm -hmm. Even if you go on the flip side of that, like Denzel and the Equalizer, where you're like, I can just chill with Denzel. Like, I can, I can go with him. We don't quite have that. Antonio's fine, but he's not on that level. Um, so if you don't mind that, go ahead and watch. But on demand would be as far as I go. I'd just wait for it to be free somewhere, to be honest. Mm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next uh, <laughs> sneak peek movie. Also, um, Friday, September 23rd, brought to us by Paramount Plus, On the Come Up. So let's see if On the Come Up uh, brings the review quality up from the critic. Um, who's watching this? <laughs> What's it about? Who's in it? Oh, and it's also Why? directed by Sanaa Lathan, if, um, if you guys didn't know that. That's right. And she's also uh, starring in it as well. Um, now, this is the second YA novel from Angie Thomas. First one was hate, The Hate You Give. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if you're asking who should watch this, maybe it's that crowd. All right. I didn't say. I'm not there yet. Okay. Now, we have a teenager named Bree. She's 16, played by Jamila C. Gray. And she's had a hard life. We see when she was uh, a little kid, her mom, played by Sanaa, essentially abandoned her and her older brother. You know, said, you know, go with your grandma. I'll be back. She ain't coming back. Her father is dead. Now, her father was a street rapper of some renown. You know, he did get a record deal and so on. But because of what he rapped about, he had an ignominious end, mm. as they say in the lofty circles. Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like like a like a, a low rent Tupac. Mm -hmm. So think about it that way. Mm -hmm. Now, he was managed by somebody played by Method Man. M-E-T-H-O-D. Clan. So what's that about? So whatever, she grows up, she's 16, mom is back. Because mom really left because she had a habit. She's kicked the habit. She's sober. But can she get work? Can she support the family? Now, the older brother has left his master's program to like work in, I don't know, a chicken shop or something. I wasn't quite clear on what? 
<laughs> it didn't quite click to me why that was the case. Like later in the movie, you're like, okay, this dude is like working at fast food. Great. He's supporting his mom and, and younger sister. But then he's like, I gave up my master program. This is the best I could get. I was like, why? What? <laughs> so you have a bachelor's degree. The best you can get is, is like hockey chicken. And that was not. <laughs> or whatever he's doing. <laughs> It wasn't even KFC. I mean, you know, can we get New York fried chicken? <laughs> this sounds crazy. Okay. Somebody explain New York fried chicken to me. What is New York fried chicken? I don't I know. I asked the same question. New York fried chicken and Kennedy fried chicken. When did any of these parties be known for chicken? It's weird. I don't know. <laughs> like KFC's Kentucky fried chicken. Like, right, get we it. get it. <laughs> Like, what about Carolina fried chicken or just deep south, you know, <laughs> nasty fried chicken? Like, I'm gonna open up that chain. <laughs> People will come. <laughs> like, Popeyes is fried chicken. That's just Popeyes. Anyway. Yeah, a lot Popeyes is about know. the biscuit, though. Ain't about the chicken. Yeah, that biscuit is key. Okay, so I have really digressed. Yeah, you have digressed. So, dude was yes. working at a chicken joint. <laughs> Let's get us back on track. That's not even a major thing. I just had a question. I was like, where did this come from? How are you? How did you give up a master's program? And why did you have to give it up? Why couldn't he work? I mean, master's well, because he wants to right. Well, now to now that kind of makes a little bit of sense because if you're in a master's program, you got to pay for it. You know that that I can understand. You can work and do a master's program. Yes, but you could also, if you're going to give it up, you can get a real job. Maybe, like, he general, maybe he was the general manager of the of the chicken no. shop. No, he wasn't. <laughs> I'm telling you now. He was not like old boy and don't tell Bob the babysitter's dead with the really fun squeegee. No, he was Sue Ellen. Oh. Now. All right. See, you are doing it now. Stop it. Producer, you are taking me off track. Yes, no, don't, don't have that incredulous track. look. I'm getting you back. <laughs> Okay, we <laughs> promise that we have not taken any questions <laughs> today. Now look, back to the, the schedule. So she has decided, Brie, at 16, that she is going to follow in her father's footsteps. She has the same talent. She's going to the same place to have a battle rap, make a name on the come up. Now her aunt, who was her uh, father's sister, who, played by Divine Joy Randall, She's the manager. But Pooh is also in that life. Here we go again. This is a theme. Yeah. What's, what's, mm-hmm. what's, what's about the energy of uh, September 23rd? That's we got to look into those numbers. Oh, okay. I'm like, what September? Yes, because they all released it. I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. So, okay. So you know what can happen if, you know, you're strapped. <laughs> Managing your niece's burgeoning mm. career at a battle rap. Mm. Mm. So, but Brie has to prove herself, can she? And the MC of this battle uh, rap is Mike Epps. <laughs> you gotta love it. You gotta love it. <gasps> so this is how she comes to the attention of Method Man. Mm-hmm. You'll see how that plays out. And she has a decision to make. Is she going to go with him because he has connections? His son, by the way, is already on the come up. 
he did it for her father, but did that go well? Or is she going to stay with family, her aunt? Aunt does not like Method Man. Mm. You can imagine why. Mm. And how is mom going to take it? Does she have a say? That's the question because mom, her name is Jay. Remember, she was gone for how long? She barely can keep the lights on. It's up to Bree and her older brother to help out. Like, this is a strange situation. And Bree never calls her mom. She calls her Jay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, if you know the hate you give, you know something's going to happen here that's going to put Bree in a dilemma. Is she going to be willing to sell out in order to make that money? Because that's the thing. The sellout is, is she going to go in against the rap? Now, she also has two friends at the school they go to that's thrown in here. I, I just thought that was weird, this whole school thing. And, you know, she gets into trouble with the, the cops at school. You know, it's this whole thing about how they treat black bodies, that thing, and the cops. I just thought it was weird the way they put it in this movie. I didn't need it. Um, But, you know, if you're going to do that, you have to really do it. You can't rely on us to add the importance to it. You've got to show it. Like it was like relying on us to go, oh, what time are we in now? And let's add that to this story. No. Mm. Um, Also, one of the friends has his eye on her. Does she have her eyes on him? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The other friend will eventually have his eyes on somebody who has his eyes on him too. Okay. So it's a lot going on here. And some of it I didn't need. I think that Sanaa's a director. This is her first uh, directorial effort. I was looking for her in this movie. Like her sensibility as an actor, what would that mean as a director? That's what I wanted to see. I didn't get it. I think that she needed to take that script and work it. Now, there is a saga of directors for this film. She was not the first or the second. So I can only imagine how it came to be that she directed this. Um, But I think she should have just ripped that script up and said, hold on, this is how it has to be so it makes sense to show her taste. Because I don't know who she is as as a director watching this. I don't. Mm -hmm. I know who she is as an actor. Mm-hmm. Not as a director. Now, are there kernels of moments that work here? Yes, they show glimpses of what this could be. There is, the like, one of the best scenes is when Pooh finds out that Bree has made a decision. Mm-hmm. She comes to their apartment, like, bangs on the door like the cops, busts in. She and Bree go at it. Jay is like, what is going on? I don't even know what you're talking about. Pooh storms out without telling Jay. And Jay looks around like, is anybody going to tell me what's going on? (laughs) Like, there was something there. Mm -hmm. There was something going on in that scene. You have this huge blow up that was earned. Then you diffuse it with someone confused. Like, Like, if we had more of that stringing the moments together, this would have been more of a success. It just doesn't build logically. And that's going back to what I was talking about, where they're forcing things in that didn't need to be there. Mm-hmm. It was enough for her to deal with on the come up. Am I going to sell out? That was a clear enough story to me. Now, when it comes to the battle raps, we have real battle raps we can watch now. Mm-hmm. Like well, old boy who says 60. I always go back to that. <laughs> I don't know if you see those. For <laughs> no. Because <laughs> <laughs> they have 60 seconds. And they, I don't even know if they're still doing this. I haven't seen this in like years. But he will come in and be like, 60. It's like hilarious. <laughs> 
So since we have real battle raps, you have to at least be as good as those. You're writing it. Mm -hmm. You should eclipse them, really. No. I don't get it. Like Eli, I did it. I was looking for Eli. (laughs) 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 Like, it's it's more like a serious wild and out Mm -hmm. than something like a a good underground battle rap. Mm -hmm. Like, would you hear something like this in a battle rap? Yes, but it wouldn't be good. Not to me. Mm-hmm. Well, they could have watched Eight Mile. I think Eight Mile has great battle rap scenes. It ain't Eight Mile. Well mm-hmm. done, producer. Mm-hmm. No, but they mm-hmm. had Eminem. Mm, that's a good point. You see, yeah. It? So and Anthony Mackie <laughs> with yeah. that, okay. that drink <laughs> lock. <laughs> wig. <laughs> oh, that was Makai with that wig. <laughs> Anthony was the rapper guy. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh yes. he had. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. All right. So you've seen Eight Mile. We can see now. Very good. Okay. (laughs) Very good. So yeah, it just, it didn't have that energy Mm -hmm. that you get in an Eight Mile. No, 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 no. And that to me was a bit of a letdown. Mm. Um, Overall, I mentioned The Hate You Give. Uh, If you like The Hate You Give, this isn't as successful as The Hate You Give, but I think that this would be enough, especially since it's on Paramount Plus, if you have a subscription to watch it there. Would I buy Paramount Plus for this specifically? I would not. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are other things on that platform. And even thinking of other things, producer, Roxanne, Roxanne is what came to me because oh, mm-hmm. it's more recent. Mm-hmm. That's better. Mm-hmm. It's not flawless. It mm-hmm. definitely has a problem ending the movie. But like in the opening, the champ is here. Like you want something like that that gets you ready. Mm-hmm. Or even the 40-year-old, not Virgin, but Virgin, which is on Netflix. Like there's a spice to it mm-hmm. that I think that Sanaa could have done. So what I what I hope is that Sanaa mm-hmm. gets another chance to direct and shows us what she's learned. Because I'm sure she's learned something here. So that at the beginning, before you start filming, you have a clearer perspective on what you want to present. But to end it on a good note, mm-hmm. Divine Joy Randolph once again shows that she knows what she's doing. I'll just put it that way. Okay. Like she stood out. The rest of the acting was fine. And you have Mike Epps for comic relief. Mm-hmm. So there you go. <laughs> Watch <laughs> out for Divine, though. I'll tell you, Divine, do not bust up in my anything like that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, if you guys want to uh, help the critic avoid the street life, you can support our buy me a coffee page if you have not heard uh why watch that is on buy me a coffee and buy me a coffee is a platform that allows you to donate um as little as five dollars or purchase one of our digital solutions um to help you manage and keep all of that good old uh content in order uh now we appreciate any support listening to this show is support liking it subscribing it leaving a comment um Anything that that keeps us motivated and uh, focused on the content that you want us to create here at Why Watch That. So, the critic will not have to be a part of the street life. Buymeacoffee.com forward slash Why Watch That is how you can contribute to that effort. Yeah, and we'll take money that jingles and folds. We are. Oh, watch out. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. I know the reference. What is that? 
I know the song, but I don't know the. I don't know the. It's not a song, you nutcase. It's coming to America. Come on. Oh yeah. She stands up. Yes. <laughs> no, yes. but there's a there's a there's a thing there's a oh. thing now that's like they made a song about it. Now I have to figure out what that is. It's coming to America. It's the it to is coming not, to America. <laughs> and and the original coming to America, not the one not, with the right, number, with the number two. two. Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then she says, give all you can, you know, come yes, on. Yes. At the Black Awareness Rally. Yeah, and Black everybody Awareness. knows this. With sexual chocolate. Sexual ch- yes, very good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. the next, the next thing. Yes. We're going into TV series premieres. <laughs> this one is. This episode was not supposed to be this feisty. It was, I was looking at this before we started producing, going, oh gosh, here we go. How am I going to make this interesting? And, and we're, we're managing it. There we go. Good. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So we got a Quantum Leap brought to us by NBC and also available on Peacock. Um, this is a reboot. I actually know, I know the original. I didn't know yes. they were bringing it back. That's it makes sense. So I recently random sidebar recently was at home with my my um my parents and I and they were showing like something like Quantum Leap and I assumed that they were just talking about the old version of the show. Mm-hmm. I was like, mm-hmm. oh wow, they're still playing Quantum Leap, but now I see it was actually coming back. <laughs> you sound like an old person. It's still playing <laughs> Quantum Leap. <laughs> I know that's what I say. Let me get this on my tape, like. Okay. What am I talking about? You would be a hit at the nursing homes. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so did, but did you like Quantum Leap back in the 80s when we I watched did. it? Producer? I did. Yeah. Yeah. And can you tell me this? Tell me this, and then I'll talk about this reboot. Mm-hmm. What was it about the original Quantum Leap that you really liked? What was it about it? What was the magic of that show? That dude just kind of showed up places randomly and, and was able to like go between time and then kind of like navigate once he got there. So that was for me really interesting. Like you didn't know where he was going to go, you know, and then how he was going to navigate um, in that situation, in those situations. Yes. And you managed to care eventually. Right. Yes, and his too. relationship, you know, with the guy helping him. Right. Was good. Right. Because mm-hmm. that really is the central thing. Is he going to solve this problem? Can he help people along the way? Mm-hmm. But you care about him and old boy with a cigar. Now, in this reboot, and by the way, it's on Peacock next day, so we're clear to everybody. Mm-hmm. So it'll be the day after it airs on NBC, which is perfectly fine. I can wait for that. Um, so Dr. Sam Beckett from the original, he's been missing for like 30 years. But the machine and everything is still there. They're still using it. So maybe he's not missing anymore, though. Maybe they have a bead on where he is. And there is a new doctor, Dr. Ben Song, and that's played by uh, Raymond Lee. So Dr. Ben Song is at an engagement party. Who's he engaged to? His whole team is there because he's now the new Dr. Sam. So they're all there. They're enjoying themselves. But without his team's knowledge, he receives a message, urgent. And it says, hey, you got to leap now or never. Why? And who is this mystery person who sends him the message? It's all very clandestine. Now, is it a ubiquitous clandestine informant? I don't know. Now, you don't know that reference producer, and that is sacrilege, because it's from Lean On Me. Oh, now, that movie. Yes. <laughs> 
that I have seen. But he comes in with the plan and he says, you know, according to my quote, ubiquitous clandestine informant. Oh, yeah, I did not say that. <laughs> I know. You know I know lead on me. Now, look, I know you know. Probably, I could play the whole movie out in front of us right now. It's like, Burn noticed lean on me. Like, that's kind of the connection. Like, you know, like, I know Burn noticed the same way you know lean on me. <laughs> I don't even dislike Burn Notice. I don't. But this is a running joke, and you just have to bring it up. <laughs> and uh, your boy... Take Donovan. I like him. He's good. Like mm -hmm. the bird notice guy, he is good. Mm -hmm. Whatever his name is. I always mixes up the Donovans. Is anyway, it Michael, so right? It's not Michael Donovan. Okay. I know that for a fact. All right. Yeah. <laughs> See, I know him as Mike. Oh, wait, nope. no, because he's Michael Weston. I know everybody's character's name. I don't I don't know their real name. That's too hard. Okay, so back to Quantum. <laughs> now, um, he does this leap. Uh but a complication arises. Now, you know he leaps back in time, but he loses his memory. He doesn't remember who he is, how he got there. But he does have a guide who's a hologram. And this guide is someone he knows or is supposed to know from his future. So she's trying to help him out. Now, of course, she's invisible to everyone but him. Who is he going to be like we know from the original? You know, he looks in the mirror and figures it out. And the thing is, for him to be able to leap, it's not up to him. It's up to the machine. The machine determines that, and he has to do it, as we know, by helping someone out. So he has to figure out who he's supposed to help out at this time to be able to leap. It's the same kind of thing. But he doesn't remember who he is. Now, he can speak all these languages. He starts discovering this. And he does have a connection to the person who's his hologram. Now, why won't she just tell him what that is? I don't know. Like, it was dramatic straining of the nth degree. I was like, just anybody would say, hey, I'm this. I'm this to you. Like, mm -hmm. what? If, you get that moment where she's about to tell him, and then something interrupts. This <laughs> is not that deep. Now, in addition to all of this echoing him leaping and then losing his memory, why did he do it? There's a larger thing going on. It's something bigger than all of them. At the end, he leaves a message to someone to say, hey, you know, I'm doing this thing. I can't tell you. You'll know eventually. Blah, 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 blah. All right. So as you were saying, producer, this really is about the leap. Like, how interesting is that going to be? That's the way to get us. The first leap should be very interesting. It's the opening of the show. Like, come on. And we have the original. I wasn't interested in this leap. Oh, wow. I was not at all. Hmm. Uh, I think that this is going to be a challenge for these writers. I don't think they're up to the task. Oh, well. And by extension, the actors will have a challenge. They will. Um, at least Ernie Hudson, who's in the cast, is getting some checks. I, that is what I could say. Thank you for that. Um, now, beyond that, like I was saying, there's a central relationship that's meaningful from the original. They can't even get the leap right. So how can they get that right? I don't know. I have no idea. It's just pure TV or network TV mediocrity. Mm. That's what I would call it. No charm to make the manipulation go down smoother. There's none of that. Some of the writing would make a hack blush. I'm going to quote some stuff. For, for example, so he gets into the clutches of these baddies. We've seen this before on Quantum Leap. Mm -hmm. They captured Dr. Ben, right? And one of them yells out, he's not wired. After they rip his shirt open and we see there's not a wire. Why is mm -hmm. that written? 
Uh-huh. Everybody can clearly see he has no wire. Everybody. He's not wired. <laughs> then another line, Cole, he's right. We can't kill him. I should kill you. Mm. There's less wood in the furniture shop. Mm. Now, why watch it? Do you watch a lot of NBC? That would be my question. Mm-hmm. This is a bluntly constructed mix of the classic Quantum Leap and Blind Spot from NBC, mm. but it's sanitized into the land of the insipid. Mm. So there you go. Now, if you just watch network television, you don't care, you watch everything, why not add this to the list? Uh, they just took everything that made Quantum Leap special, threw it away, turned it into something that you could see anywhere. From this kind of show, when you have a teen, you know, all of that. Who cares that he's leaping? It makes no difference. That's unfortunate. Isn't it? Yeah. That's what can you watch? The, um, what can we watch? I know this is random. The, the original. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it like playing on some random? I'm sure. Anyway. I think it's. Station, I think that's right? also on Peacock. Oh, sweet. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, I like Because it's still NBC property. Oh, okay. Got mm-hmm. it. All right. Cool. Yeah, I'm pretty all sure right. it's same. All right. All right. So um, next on the list is actually <laughs> called Reboot. Brought to us by Hulu. <laughs> it's timely, is it? <laughs> now, what is Reboot about? Who's in it? Who should be watching? Uh, so, it is about a TV reboot. There was a, a sitcom, I think, I think in the show, it's like the early 2000s, they, they ended, something like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was a, a, a family... Um, mom and dad and a a young son and like their friend, you know, and the friend comes in and, you know, does the Pratt Falls, that kind of classic sitcom thing. Mm -hmm. So it's now, now, and someone decides to reboot it, but to give it an edge, of course, because in 2022, nothing can just be classic. You know, they want to, anyway, I'm not going to go into that. So this person who wants to reboot it is played by Rachel Bloom, and her character's name is Hannah. Now, if you're going Rachel Bloom, Rachel Bloom, she starred in and created Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Mm. Remember that? It, I that where, yeah, writing all those songs. So that's mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. And the people starring in the sitcom are played by Keegan-Michael Key, Johnny Knoxville, okay, uh, Callum Worthy, and one more person, Judy Greer. Okay. So where are they now? It's kind of like when uh, Queens, that show with Eve and Brandy in it, when it's like, where are they now? Or Girls 5 Eva. It's that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So at the moment, Keegan-Michael Key's character, he's a Yale-trained actor, okay? Mm-hmm. He's very serious. He wants everything to be grounded, including in the sitcom. So he's been trying to sell you know, that kind of acting, but are they buying? The reason that the show ended is he left to do a movie. Mm-hmm. What movie did it succeed? You'll find out. Now, Judy Greer, her character has married royalty. So she's a duchess. You know, so she can, you know, look down on all the peons. But is there more to the story? Johnny Knoxville's character is essentially the same. <laughs> I mean, he's the one who is not <laughs> aged or grown up. Mentally, of course, it's Johnny Knoxville playing him. And the young son, he's not young anymore. 
And in the first episode, they had this running thing where people see him and think that like he's a PA or something. They don't realize he's the grown up kid. Does that work successfully? Well, you'll watch it and find out for yourself. So him grown up, what is that like? Essentially, he's psyched to be doing this again. Now, the tension is in this reboot, right, once you sell it to the suits and you'll see the scene where Rachel does the selling and, you know, the, the guy in charge doesn't really understand anything. But it's like, OK, fine. Why not? The question is, though, is that going to actually come to fruition? Because it is not just up to Rachel's character. It's up to the person who created the original show. Who is this person? Well, the person is played by Paul Reiser. Yes. Who comes in and really does give something to the show? I'll say that. His character and Paul playing the character gives something that they can mine. Like in later episodes, because I just watched into the second and I was kind of like, I got it. In later episodes, he's going to like bring in some of the old writers and they are old writers. Like it's that kind of thing. So I hope that they use that in a smart way. So what is he going to say about somebody trying to turn reboot into, I don't know, a dramedy? Who knows? So that's really the setup. And they're going to skewer Hollywood and television production. It's that kind of thing. But we've seen this before. Now, I mentioned how Queens and Girls 5 have a similar kind of story, even though that's about music. So you have that to think about. You also have well, Modern Family stylistically, because it's from the co-creator of Modern Family, this mm -hmm. show. So it's that kind of thing where it's written but improv and you don't quite know what was written, what they're making up. Are they making anything up? It's that kind of style. Mm -hmm. So we even have that to compare it to. We have Curb Your Enthusiasm, of course, to compare it to, mm -hmm. which does skewer Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And we have Get Shorty on Epics. I wish they would bring it back. <laughs> which literally makes fun of television or movies and Hollywood, but not comedically all the way. Mm -hmm. It is comedic, but it's also a drama. So you have all of this. The question is, can Reboot distinguish itself? To me, not really. Now, what I would say is the execution is good. I mean, these people know how to do comedy. The actors, they know, they know the timing, all of that is fine. So it wasn't an issue of execution, which allowed me to pay more attention to the writing. And I just thought that some, not all, some of the jokes were a bit obvious. Like if somebody gets hit by a car, did they really get hit by the car? Like, why are we even putting that in here? Mm -hmm. It didn't work. Like if someone goes to, uh, if, if after you're arguing with someone and then you go, but you know what, to be honest, you're the best actor ever. You're amazing. Do we really believe that they're saying that? Mm -hmm even though the character they're talking to does. like, I just thought sometimes they had an opportunity to do something a bit better. Um, and again, every time they see the kid again, I was just like, okay, next. So I would say though, if you're fine just watching another one of these kinds of shows, you could do much worse. I think if this is your genre, check it out, definitely. And I would even uh, maybe check out all three of the, the first episodes because all three are available now. If this is your thing, mm -hmm. if it's not your thing, well, there are other things to start with, namely Curb and Get Shorty on Epics. Again, a lot of people haven't seen that. That's something to watch. Mm -hmm. Reboot, though, is fine. It's not bad. Mm -hmm. Cool. All right. Yeah. So now we're going to head into a TV sneak peek. Um, 
by the name of Thai Cave Rescue, brought to us by Netflix, and it's going to be a limited series premiering on Thursday, September the 22nd. Yes. So, so yeah, when we release this? this episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is this about? Yeah. Yeah. Um. So we're doing a complete 180 here from what I just talked about. Uh, yeah. This is, remember not too long ago, like, I don't know if it's more than a month or two months ago, we had 13 Lives, directed by Ron Howard, about the rescue of the Thai soccer team and their coach. Mm-hmm. Now we have the TV show about the same thing from Netflix. So the timing of it requires that we compare this to the movie and answer the why watch that question that way. Okay. Now, this stars a lot of Thai actors. It stars some non-Thai actors who you might know as well, like maybe one or two of them. So I won't go through all of that. Um, but I will, of course, tell you the story again. Now, if you don't know about it in 2018, a soccer team called the Wild Boars in Thailand, they decided to go into a cave. Just, you know, that's what people do to explore a cave with their coach. And uh, 12 of the boys on the team and the coach went in. They didn't come out because monsoon, se- monsoon season started early, unexpectedly. Now, in the show, they they show us uh, the meteorological services of Thailand. They were having issues. So the warning didn't go out early enough, didn't get to the park ranger. So she could go in and make sure no one was in the cave, like that kind of stuff. So you get a little more of that than you do in the movie. But we know what happens. They get trapped. The parents are concerned. They're the ones who alert the who alert the authorities. They find out because they left all their bikes at the mouth of the cave. Oh my goodness, we know who's in there. And then things snowball out of that. We have the governor of the town who has been reassigned, but now he's here to do this. Can he, you know, make sure that everything turns out well? We have the parents' concern of as well. We have everybody surrounding it and then worldwide. And the question is, can they get people to dive into the water to save them? Is it possible to even do that? If they do finally reach the team and the coach, what state are they going to be in? I mean, because days and days and days elapse. They, you know, might not have made it. You know, you have questions of not only them being able to eat and drink, but oxygen. Also, the water level, if it keeps rising, maybe the whole cave floods. And if that happens, nobody can get to them. So they have to troubleshoot and figure out ways to get to them first. And then when they do, how to possibly rescue them. Is there any way? And then you have other people helping them out, like a hydraulics expert. She pops up and has ideas and so on and so forth. So you know the story. If you don't, now you know enough of it. And now we just get to the review. Now, this is what I would say in comparison to the 13 Lives movie, which I did like a lot. I really did. I thought that um, watching the show, actually thinking back on the movie, I was like, okay, I can see how smart they were in, were in editing, the writing, and the movie. Like, Because in that movie, it's a lot of, you're really on the edge of your seat. You get a little bit of a break when you need it. But it has that kind of momentum. What about a show that's six episodes long? Right? 
So what I would say is if you want more about the boys themselves and the coach and their families, then that would be an argument for the show. The movie doesn't give us a lot of that because, frankly, you don't need that much of it. It's clear what the urgent need is here. But if you want that, okay, like one of the boys stays with the coach, why he does have parents, stuff like that. When one of the boys is called away and doesn't go into the cave, you see a, a bit more about that. What happens when they're in the cave itself? How do they manage that? You get more of that. When the parents write letters and it finally gets to them, one of them doesn't get a letter. Why not? Like that kind of thing. So if you want to know more of that, okay. Did I find that essential? I didn't. I thought it was nice to know. They didn't make it a need to know in this show. Uh, When it comes to the actual rescue mission, it's over six episodes. So it's like, it's just elongated in a way that doesn't make it as consistent. Now, do they have riveting moments? Yes, but the movie is there. See, that's the issue. It's just like the movie is there. Also, sometimes the writing isn't up to it. When they're literally going through the steps, sometimes I'm like, ooh, that sounds like writing. When I was watching the movie, I never went, sounds like writing. Mm. Like, it's difficult sometimes Mm -hmm. to write just procedural lines. Mm -hmm. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Who speaks next? Who you know, talks on top of it, like who comes in, like that can be difficult. It sounded like writing sometimes, sometimes to me, it was just serviceable writing in those moments. They needed, I think, producers, something to focus it. Because the thing about the 13 Lives movie is they focused it. Mm -hmm. They said, okay, we're going to focus on like three divers who come in from the outside. What's their perspective on it? In contrast, to the Thai authorities and the Thai Navy SEALs. Mm-hmm. So it was very clear, those three perspectives, how do they work? Here you got all of that and everything else. Mm. It's just a lot. I think they could have just honed in on what's essential here a little more and maybe made this three episodes mm. instead of six. Got it. So is it urgent? Intermittently, yes. Uh, the question is for all of you, do you need another four hours? to tell this story. It's good though. I I would say even that, it's just that they have 13 lives right there, which is better Mm. in my opinion. But it's really hard to mess this kind of thing up. I mean, this is a story that is riveting and it ends in a way that doesn't make you feel terrible, right? Is there a tragedy, tragedy to this? Yes. But overall, it ended up in a way that nobody could have imagined. And that's in a good way. So there you go. Now, if you haven't seen the 13 Lives movie, frankly, I would say start there. Mm-hmm. If you want more, then I would come to Thai Cave Rescue. But I'm glad that both of them made it to us, the movie and the TV show. Cool. All right, guys. that being polite? I was to say, this is a rare occasion. We really don't, you know, end with a happy review. So this has uh, been nicely buttoned up for us today. I don't know. Maybe it's that, what is this, Virgo into Libra season? Maybe it's that good old, uh, <laughs> good old cosmic energy. Are you going to start singing The Age of Aquarius now? <laughs> <laughs> Timothy Leary Deary. Okay. All right, guys. Until next time. Thanks for joining us. For up to date info and to share what's on your watch list. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok at Why Watch That. 
and on Twitter at WWT Radio. Also, you can visit us at whywatchthat.com. And while you're at it, don't forget to go ahead and rate Why Watch That Radio on iTunes. Let's keep the conversation going.